Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spiegel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spiegel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel, and we are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is thought building a mobile app was out of reach. Well, think again. Today's guest is the co-founder and CEO of StoreLab, the no-code Shopify mobile app builder. A big welcome to Campbell Payton. Hi, Campbell. Hi, Andy. Great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. We're excited to have you. You know, I don't think we've ever discussed mobile apps on the store. So let's let's get right into that. Why should an e-commerce company consider creating a mobile app? Um, okay, so uh, in my my opinion, uh, every e-commerce company on the planet should have a mobile app. Um, there are three key reasons that we say uh, companies should have them. Number one, uh, they really help with increasing conversion rates. Um, mobile apps are a much smaller real estate than that of a desktop. So it's easier for conversion rate optimization to happen. And as you know, conversion rate optimization is a science rather than an art. So by able to having a smaller real estate and things like with a pre-built mobile app builder, we are, you are able to lock some features away or as in make an app that's uncluttered in a much easier way than you would a cluttered website, um, meaning that your conversion rates go up. Our customers generally have a 1% to 2% higher conversion rate through their app than they do on their website. The other thing there is that um, a general fact of e-commerce life is that faster websites convert better. Uh, mobile apps tend to be uh, three times faster on average than mobile web, just because of the capture, uh, just because of um, image caching. Uh, the second reason uh, is down to um, push notifications. So uh, everyone hopefully is aware of push notifications. Those are notifications that come through to your phone. Um, push notifications at the moment are the highest converting marketing communication on the planet. They convert 15 times higher than email. They convert nine times higher than text. Uh, and the other thing that's amazing about them is they're free to send. So if you're running a Facebook campaign with retargeting or a Google campaign with retargeting, um, you have a much cheaper option because you're never you're never um, paying for cost per click or cost per impression and they convert at a much higher rate um, the gold dust in the app commerce world would be an abandoned cart push notification and that is the thing that converts 15 times higher than abandoned cart email the other lovely thing about them is that you're not having to capture user data to send them so in a normal website uh, e-commerce journey you'd have to capture someone's email address to be able to send them an abandoned cart email with a mobile app you are able to just send abandoned cart uh, push notifications if someone downloads it. And the final reason uh, is down to retention. Um, if you can make your app feel exclusive by using app-exclusive discounts, app-exclusive products, uh, we have seen customers triple their retention rates or returning customer rates in 90 days. So those are the three core reasons uh, why I love apps. 
uh, and why I believe every e-commerce business on the planet should have one. Interesting. How, I mean, how often do people download, do customers download a mobile app? I mean, are they, you know, I know I have so many mobile apps on my phone. Is there resistance to, to downloading a new mobile app? Yeah, I mean, great question. This is one that we hear all the time. You know, I'm I'm a small company. Um, I feel I'm too small for a mobile app. I don't think someone would go into the app store and search for me. Well, that is um, essentially not the way that we, we encourage people to download. So what we do is we put a mobile app banner on the mobile web version of someone's website okay. with an incentive. So 10% off if you download through the app, free shipping on your first order if you download the app, a free gift with your first purchase through the app. You're using that incentive to get someone to download the first time. In most layman's terms, what an app does is it takes a customer that's going to buy two or three things a year and it makes that customer buy six or seven. So it's worth swallowing the cost of a 10% off um, on the off their first purchase. And the beauty of this is it's right there in the purchase journey. So you're giving that person that incentive when they're willing to buy. So that is, I mean, we see between 85 and 90% of our downloads to the app come through the mobile app banner. We're not telling customers to go and do big campaigns where they're posting all over their social media saying, you know, we've got an app now or sending this out with big email campaigns. It's just not necessary. Using that mobile app banner is the primary method of getting people to download. Um, and it's also a passive method. You put it onto the website and it, uh, they will download. And the other thing about it is it doesn't interrupt the purchase journey. If I don't want to download the app, but I'd still rather buy through the website, I dismiss the banner and I carry on with my purchase. So that's how we get people to download mainly. You know, we talked about push notifications as being a really a great way to, to increase conversions if you have the mobile app. Now, besides the cart abandonment, what are, what are some other examples of how you would use that as an e-commerce site? Yeah, so, I mean, push notifications are an owned marketing channel. Um, so it's like email. If you have new products coming out, you were encouraged to do a push notification. If you are uh, exhibiting at a, a fair and you want people to turn up to it, you can send a push notification for it. If you have an app exclusive product, uh, app exclusive discounts coming out, you send a push notification for it. It is a owned marketing channel in a similar way to email, uh, but it is a, you know much smaller in terms of uh, uh, sorry copy or text size, um, and they're much simpler to send. The key with push notifications is not to send too many. You don't want people to opt out of receiving notifications. So we encourage people to start small with one or two a week and then build up slowly. Now, I think, you know, conversion and, you know, more specifically battling to improve conversion rate is it's a big obstacle in a company's yeah. growth. I've never before discussed increasing conversions on mobile app. I'm curious. I mean, there got to be. But what are ways to that you found to increase conversion with a mobile app? So if you have, so number one, if you're using a good app builder, like one of, like ours, uh, if I can take my own horn for a second, um, you know, we have designed our experience for the customer to convert. So we have, you know, researched into the size of the, the buy now button, researched into how you open the uh, descriptions, how you interact with your product photos. All of that has been researched to try and generate the highest conversion rate possible. Um, if you are building your own mobile app and you are curious about increasing conversions, um, you really have to do a, a sort of a test and learn method. 
um, with traffic coming over to your app, do things like increase the size or change the color of the add cart button, um, increase or decrease the size of photos, change where the descriptions are, change when where um, postage or returns information is on the home page of the app, which is you know a very important part of the, the screen that someone logs into. You can put offers on there. You can have banners at the top of the app with a particular offer that's coming up. You put new products on there. You try and make it exciting. The, uh, the science of, of um, conversion rate optimization is tweaking and changing in small ways to try and encourage someone to give them the information that they need to buy and then the shortest method of adding to cart and buying. Can you A-B test with a mobile app? Um, with our apps, you can A-B test things like, uh, you know, you can A-B test your uh, products and where they where they fit on the app. Uh, but in terms of changing our own, uh, our own conversion rate, no, we lock that away from you because we put a huge amount of time into that. If you have a, a your own app and you're developing it, I would encourage you to look at things like a company called Hotjar. Um, that is a heat mapping tool um, that allows you to see where people are clicking. It also allows you to see screen recordings of what people are, are doing when they're on your website or on your app. Um, in that way, you are easily able to view these things and then you, you know, treat your uh, treat your 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 tests like uh, you know, your high school chemistry tests. Uh, write an aim note down your metrics, note down the things that you're trying to change, and then a period of time. With things like Hotjar, you are able to A-B test. Uh, with ours, you can A-B test content, uh, but you can't A-B test the process because we have already done that for you. Now, well, what are some of the common mistakes you see in others' e-commerce mobile apps? Um, using it as a set and forget tool. Um, mobile apps are not set and forget. Um, if you are not changing your app content, if you are sending are not sending any push notifications, you will, should not expect to have good conversion rates or conversion rates that will stay steady over a period of time. Um, th there are sort of two main nuances to, to uh, using app commerce. One is to update your con your content with new products and new uh, and new offers, and the other thing is to write and treat push notifications like your email. Uh, marketing campaigns or your Facebook or Google campaigns. These are uh, marketing. It's, it's a, app commerce should be another tool in your digital marketing toolbox. It's not just there to be left alone and expect to re to recover lots of uh, or abandon carts and revenue. Even though it will do that, the best apps are the ones that are being updated regularly with new content, photo content, video content, uh, blogging, uh, as well as, as fantastic products and offers. Now, you guys are available, Store Lab, that is just yeah. on Shopify. Is that correct? We are. Yes. So currently, today, now, uh, we only service Shopify customers. We are looking to add WooCommerce, Squarespace, and Wix uh, in the early new, uh, early 2024. But okay. yeah, today, uh, we are just on Shopify. And if you had a crystal ball, I always like to ask this, but how do you see the future changing for e-commerce in the next 12 to 18 months? Sure. Well, I mean, I know I'm biased because I'm here to promote app commerce, but, uh, you know, if there's, there's certain things that we've seen from um, both Android and Apple in terms of trying to shove people more towards apps than in other directions. Um, if you keep up with the release notes, you will have noticed about, uh, you know, a year or so ago now, um, Apple released app clips, 
and Google has released uh, instant apps. What these essentially are is the way to think about it is app streaming rather than app downloading. If you are, um, you can, uh, you know, if you're on Google on your phone and you were to Google a company name and scroll down the Google search engine results, you will see in some of the big companies like Nike or Adidas, a option to open an app clip as their first result. So when you're clicking on these things, it will stream the app to you. It allows that customer or that user to scroll through the app and use it without downloading it to their phone. The app clip will then stay on their user's homepage for about 24 hours. And then after that, they have a choice of keeping it or it disappearing. For us, we see in the mobile world, Google and Apple together doing more things to push people towards apps because they are a better user experience than using the mobile browsing experience. Especially what Apple hates is people downloading Google Chrome to their Apple device because it messes out features from the Apple phone. Um, so yeah, what I see is, uh, and I know I am biased, but uh, people moving more towards using mobile apps on the mobile device than, than uh, trying to use the browsers. Is there a way to optimize apps for SEO? You know, you'd said a lot of those, it's oh, the first course. first thing. How, how do you do that? I mean, um, so you know, this is what we what we really encourage is uh, someone to go onto the Apple App Store and enter your company name. Um, it's usually pretty eye-opening for people when they go put their own company name and they don't have an app into the App Store, they will see their competitors. Um, it's Apple and Google are pushing uh, you know, apps in terms of SEO. So if you're speaking about pure SEO in terms of Google search, um, apps don't necessarily help too much. You can you can get Google to index your, your app, um, but you know, it's a smaller amount of real estate, a smaller amount of content. So from a sort of on-page optimization perspective of keywords, it's not going to help that much, but you will see lots of users on it. From a pure app commerce uh, sort of SEO in terms of um, in, in uh, improving where you rank in terms of other apps on phones for things like uh, um, you know, say I was I was a, a shoe company. I wanted to appear at the top of the uh, the search engine if someone searched shoes on the Apple App Store. Uh, easiest way to do that is re with reviews and with usage. If you up those two things, you will move up. Um, there's only a certain amount of sort of keyword optimization you can do within your own description, but encouraging people to review your app uh, while making a purchase is the easiest way to improve your sort of app SEO, if you will. Sorry, I don't and, know if that answers your question. And does StoreLab, it works with that as far as you, you help your clients on how to get those reviews and such? Of course. Uh, so we have two, there's two ways of sort of working with us. One, you can come build your app and do it completely organically. You don't need to talk to us at all. Um, it's a self-service solution. We've built it in the same language as Shopify, so it's very easy to install and build and, and launch and use. The other way of working with us is where you have an account manager, and that person will help you with all of these issues, with writing push notifications, with content, with writing the best uh, app um, descriptions for, for your search engine results pages, all of those things. We also have guides on all of that for everyone, regardless if you work with us or not. What about AI? Have you incorporated AI into your processes at all? Uh, AI is on the way. Uh, so we have three, there are three phases to our AI that we're, we're looking at rolling out. Uh, the first one is introduced. So as you know, one of the main facets of 
of apps is sending push notifications. Push notifications are text content. Um, by using something like ChatGPT or other forms of text providers, it's easy to send out loads of good, good push notifications. We are building that into our app currently. Uh, we're also going to bring out a AI-based uh, self-optimization uh, for those push notifications. So, you know, there is a uh, times of day when when push notifications convert higher. There are uh, days in the month when push notifications convert higher. Certain people will respond to different push notifications based on the things that they have uh, purchased in the past. All of those things are coming to us too. And then the, the final phase, I'm going to keep secret until we've got it out because I don't want to, anyone else to uh, yeah, steal our, our amazing ideas. But there is something pretty big coming from the third phase. All right, fair enough. So let's talk about your journey. You are the co-founder of StoreLab. How long has StoreLab been around? So we've been around just over four years at this point. Okay, and see, so you guys, where are you based out of? We're based out of London. Out of London. Yeah. And in your journey, when you've been setting it up, one of my favorite questions, is there been any business books that you could attribute to your journey? Oh, of course, yeah, a load. Um, Predictable revenue, uh, start with why, um, uh, blue ocean strategy, all those three I, I count as you know some of the best books I've read. Uh, from a more personal note, um, Atomic Habits by James Clear uh, is an absolutely fantastic book in uh, breaking bad habits and starting good working habits. Or I would yeah, those four I say probably are are my core. And do you have a favorite success story of one of your clients over the years that you could share? Of course. Um, uh, one, yeah. So we do work with uh, companies that generate millions and millions of dollars a year. Uh, but my favorite story um, is a lady called Carol from, a, um, oh, uh, sorry, Angela from a uh, from Rock Those Curves. Rock Those Curves is a plus size fashion store. Um, when I first spoke to um, Angela, she was uh um doing this this uh sort of store as her side uh, hustle it was a hobby for her uh she was making a few thousand pounds uh, a month um and she came to me and she said you know my customers in no way will they use apps they're over 55 year old women i don't believe that they will um we managed to to convince her to to sign up with us on our professional plan we uh, gave her a bit of a trial and helped her with the setup process. And we've made her over a, a quarter of a million pounds in 10 months of working with her or uh, 11 months of working with her now. Um, so we've seen uh, that that growth, in that journey. She has left her job. She's, you know, working uh, for herself. She's just built her own warehouse and is uh, got loads of customers flying in. And we have supported her. Through, I mean, we can't take the credit for all of it. But uh, we have absolutely helped skyrocket her sales uh, through the mobile app and, and through some other digital marketing efforts that we've done with her. Uh, but she's one of my favorite stories because it was an absolute, um, you know, I don't believe this will work for me, but I'm entertaining this conversation because I know apps do something uh, to where we are now, where she's, you know, uh, her sales are up over 3000%. Um, she is, uh, yeah, absolutely flying at the moment. I'm curious, what percentage of her sales are coming from the app now versus her website? About half, about 50-50. And on the flip side, are there any challenges that you struggle with with getting results to clients? 
So, you know, absolutely. Um, the There are a few things, there are a few barriers. So one of the main barriers is uh, getting your developer account set up. It is a fiddly process and it's annoying. Um, you have to apply for a developer account from Apple and Android. It can take two weeks for that to come back. If you've entered your information wrong, uh, you then have to submit the accounts again. So if you have a launch date in mind, I would firmly encourage people to leave at least um, a month before that launch date to try and get the apps, the developer accounts at least sorted. So that's the first thing. Um, the other thing is that, you know, like I was saying earlier, 85 to 90% of people come through the mobile app banner. So you need to be happy with having the mobile app banner and the incentive. A poor incentive and not using the mobile app banner, if you are not Nike or Adidas or Shein or you know a, a, a massive brand, uh, people are going to find are going to struggle to find and download your app. So what's a, what's a poor incentive? A poor incentive, one um, percent off your first purchase. That's a yep. That's a that'd be a poor incentive for sure. That would be a poor incentive. Yeah. So what um, what do you what should you offer? We say, I mean, monetary incentives are always the best. Um, or the the, the the things that we've noticed is drive the most. Um, but we have, so I would, we would recommend between 10 and 15% off, but we understand that that can be tricky for customers, especially with their margins. So if you are able to offer free shipping, try that. Um, if you can't do a monetary based incentive, you can't do a, a shipping based incentive and you can't do a gift. There are loyalty based systems that you can use too. Um, hopefully that you have uh, lots of loyal customers. And if you use something like, you know, Loyalty Lion, um, you are able to offer loyalty points for purchases using the app, and you are able to offer loyalty points for people downloading the app too. Now, we discussed a little bit that you have a um, kind of do-it-on-your-own service and then a, a dedicated account manager where you guys do everything for the client. Which one of those is more popular, and why would a company choose one over the other? Um. So today, as of now, uh, our professional plan is actually more popular than our DIY, to our surprise. Uh, we were expecting it to be the other way around. Um, but so far, we found that you know people do like to have the, the handhold. Um, we do have people that come on and use our professional plan for a few months. And then when they're on their feet, they say, actually, I know I think I can, I can do this. I've seen the strategy. I've seen how it works. And we're very open with that, too. Um, so we don't actually withhold features between the accounts. We want everyone to be able to, to have all features all the time. Um, the professional plan is really for someone that might need a, a helping hand with it. They don't really understand how apps work or their benefits. Um, and they just need to see the strategy being run for a few months or they're too busy. And that's the other thing that we get from lots of customers. This is just another, you know, you're a, a maker or a creator, and you've pulled in a hundred different directions with uh, what what products you, or you know your own stock level issues, your staff issues, tax issues, all of those things. We want to take all of those things away, uh, all, all of the, the the trials and tribulations of of app commerce, and just do it for you. Um, so that's why people use our pro plan. And what does the pricing look like on each? Sure. So uh, to do it yourself, it'll cost you seventy nine dollars a month, uh, and that's it. That's all it will cost. Uh, for a pro plan, we charge $999 a month. Got it. And who's your target market? I mean, who is it? Some verticals do better than others or? So um... the main barrier to entry from a mobile app is, is your returning customer rate above 
So, you know, I was talking about in layman's terms, what an app does, it'll take a customer that buys two or three things and it'll make it six or seven. What is very difficult through an app is to take someone that buys zero to one and turn that into three to four. So what I mean by that is say, for example, you are a mattress company and you're selling mattresses. It's very unlikely that someone is going to be incentivized by push right. notification to buy a second mattress. So the barrier to entry is returning customer rates. And then from there, there are many verticals that work well. Fashion and apparel works really well. Uh, FMCG works really well. Beauty and cosmetics works really well. Um, it's all really down to repeatable purchases and returning customer rate. But saying that, we know we do have high-end customers too, sports uh, equipment stores. We have a, a diving company or a couple of diving companies that work for us. They sell uh, you know, thousands of dollars of uh, BCDs and the regulators of diving equipment. And you get repeat purchases with them too. So it's really down to the barrier to entry, like I said, returning customer rates. And how can an interested listener learn more about working with you guys? So you can uh, come onto our website, uh, storelab.app. That's the easiest way to, to read more about us. Um, I have a book coming out in the new year uh, called The App Commerce Revolution. Uh, that should be out in Feb. Uh, so, I mean, if you come onto our website, I'll give you a free version of the book. Uh, or you can check us out on LinkedIn. We post lots of blogs and uh, uh, company updates and things on there. So that's the easiest way to find out about us. Well, this has been fascinating. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today? Uh, no, just encourage anyone to give apps a try. Um, they are a underused element of uh, the e-commerce world at the moment. Um, my background is in social media. I ran a social media agency for a while. I was commercial director of one of the largest in the UK. And the reason I got into apps is because I feel like push notifications are what social media advertising was in the Facebook and, uh, and Instagram world you know, seven years ago. So don't be scared around push notifications. Uh, app commerce is much easier to get into than you think. And give it a try. Um, yeah. I'll it's be been great. That. Well, thank you for joining us, Campbell. Thank you, Andy. Really nice to chat. For listeners, remember, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding StoreLab or connecting with Campbell, you'll find the links in the show notes below. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our podcast resource center available at podcast.makeeachclickout.com. We have compiled all of our different past guests by show topic and included each of the contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing.